Welcome to a very unusual, but I hope you find it very interesting, edition of Off Air. Uh, today, Fee, um, I've been out and about. And you know I don't do that very often because of the temperature, because I'm risk averse, because I'm also bone idle. But honestly, this was really worth doing. Ask me where I went. Where did you go? I went... <laughs> by the way, in an episode made possible by the National Lottery, to a really cracking project not very far away from King's Cross Station in North London called Cook for Good. And if I'm honest with you, I went with... I don't know, what were my expectations? I actually thought, oh, I'm being very worthy here, but am I going to get much out of this? But you know what? I left feeling a million times better. It was just a really good, life-enhancing idea that was quite evidently making a difference to a lot of lives. So what does Cook for Good actually do? Well, Cook for Good is a national lottery-funded social enterprise and also a cookery school. That's the important bit. Uh, It raises money for the local community via team-building days. And this is where groups of people from a workplace... In fact, we could do it, actually. Our team from Times Radio could go along and do it. Uh, They go into the kitchen and they make these really tasty, nutritious meals as a kind of bonding exercise. And then the meals, because they're really good, are delivered to local residents, uh, to shelters or to charities in the King's Cross area. Now, since 2021, Cook for Good has received more than £18,000 in funding from national lottery players. And when I was at Cook for Good, I talked to Karen Matteson, MBE, a woman who describes herself as a serial entrepreneur. She has spent the last couple of years building a social enterprise that's since become a really important resource for the community around Islington's Priory Green estate. And actually, when I spotted Karen in the reception at Cook for Good Fee, I realised immediately that I had met her before. And thank goodness I did remember it because she is right. She is a serial entrepreneur. She has done loads of good stuff in the past. And you'll never guess which city in the northwest of England she's from. I should think it's probably Manchester. No, it's not. It's Liverpool. Let me tell you a little bit more about Cook for Good. Uh, It offers free and low-cost cooking classes, community meals, and on top of that, the Cook for Good pantry. And that's the bit that offers an easy, low-cost way to top up a weekly shop. So members pay just £3.50 each week to choose a basket of food worth actually between £30 and £35. Yeah, and I was looking at the food, and you'll hear it described uh, during the course of the conversations you're about to hear. Um, There are some really good items on offer here, and I think it's also... Well, you're, as you'll probably hear in the interviews, worth pointing out that they don't include items in that collection of things you're allowed to take, like sanitary towels or tampons or baby milk. If that's available, you can just take it if it's something that you actually need. And one of the people I talked to is a lady called Amel, who came to the UK from Algeria and now works as a carer in and around London. Now, she was originally a volunteer at Cook for Good, and now she's been trained by them to work front and back house at events with Karen. Uh, while preparing as well an amazing array of food. And when you hear her describe the, the impact that Cook for Good has had on her, you'll understand why it is a cause well worth supporting. Shall we join you in situ? Why don't we venture all the way from Shimmering Times Towers to Cook for Good on what was a very chilly day near King's Cross Station? Karen, um, we've met before, haven't we? We have met uh, before. Because you are a self-confessed serial doer of stuff. <laughs> 
And here you are again doing more, I have to say, great stuff. Thank you. Um, we're at Cook for Good in Islington. And just very briefly, just describe this building, because this is, um, well, it's called the Old Laundry, mm. and you don't have to be a brain box to work out why. Yes, it was the old laundry of this estate. Before, before we lived here or occupied it, this amazing round building was where people came to do their laundry, which is why it's called the old laundry. But over the last couple of years, we've repurposed it. It was an abandoned building, and we're now using it for our Cook for Good pantry, which we open every Thursday and set up today, which is Wednesday. How big is the estate? I mean, how many people live here? There are about 280 families who are living on the estate, but we also serve families on other local estates as well. And it's a mix of ages, a mix of a mix of people. Oh, completely. So we have people. Are probably our oldest. Uh, members are in their 90s and they will come um, on, on a Thursday morning to shop here and some of them will come and cook with us as well over in the kitchen. And then we have, uh, especially in our afternoons, we have a lot of families with very young children who come as well. Now, why did you decide on Cook for Good? I think I've always believed in the power of food and cooking to bring people together. And I think when you come together around food and cooking, you can do other very impactful things and great relationships are born. And I met with Robin, who's the co-founder of Cook for Good, and she had a background in food and mine was more in social enterprise and supporting people back into work. So we had an idea of working in a place space, like a social housing estate like where we are now, and having our own community kitchen and a surplus food pantry, which would be a real focus for people on the estate who may want to improve their lives in one way or another. Because they can not just meet people here and not just get food, they can acquire skills as well. Yeah, exactly. So I would say food is the way in, and that's why people join us, because they can come and do their surplus food shopping on a Thursday, and they come as members. You can see in the space we are now, we're unpacking our delivery now, which is for tomorrow. But once they're in, it's the connectivity and all the wraparound services that they stay for. So they'll have tea and coffee, they'll have pastries that we get donated from local businesses, they will stay for some soup and bread, they will meet friends, they will they are really reducing their social isolation by meeting people, knowing neighbours that they really hadn't met before. And then we can offer wraparound support. So most of the people you see today are volunteers who are residents. So they're with us on a six-month programme where they'll do every job that we have. And that's a really good stepping stone back into work. And then those who really kind of graduate from that may go on our our employment programmes like our hospitality, like getting our Cook for Good Brigade essentially is a six-month programme training people to work in front-of-house, back-of-house hospitality roles. And they're already working for us now, our graduates of the first cohort. Oh, fantastic. So mm. they've actually gone out there yeah. and got jobs. Yeah. yeah. Do they pop back and see you? No, they come and work for us on our events oh, as well. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, some of them are working, some of them are setting up their own businesses. Just get, taking a step or two back, mm. um, how hard is it for some people to just come for the first time? Just make that cross the threshold, yeah. knock on the door and come in? For a lot of people, they were sort of watching us a while. We'd been here a few months and they were sort of watching us, some people watching us from their flats, thinking what's going on. Making that first step can be really difficult. I think what's helped them is seeing that the volunteers are people they recognise from the estate. Yes, so you're not allowed to volunteer here unless you live on the estate? Uh, Unless you're a member and you're you're local. So you've got to be connected. You've got to be connected. And we're joined now by Amel, who is one of the people who... Well, you work here now, don't you? 
at Cook for Good. And I was talking earlier about what it's like to come here for the first time. Were you nervous before you came? Very nervous. Um, I used to be working always in the kitchen. I used to tell them, leave me in the kitchen and I would do everything. I am quite a social person, but I like to be in the back. I like just, um, I used to tell them, um, I like just to talk into the dishes rather than people. But by the time I was more confident, um, I gained a lot of skills. So I started talking to customers. I started being like knowing everyone, doing the cashier job. I was trained in multiple places in the pantry and then uh, did the brigade. It was the first cohort. It was for six months. Uh, We learned to cook in bulk. We did food and hygiene. And then we did training as a KP, kitchen porter, training for a front of house, how to serve customers, how to welcome. And then I started doing casual work, paid casual work with the kitchen. And how has it helped you with your home life? Because I know that you're a carer. Yes, uh, it helped me a lot as I am a full-time carer for my husband. He's disabled. He suffers for years now. And my son has got ADHD, so I didn't have time where I could work and um, keep my work. I used to be a TA, but I didn't do it for long as it's like uh, time... That's working in schools. Yes. I couldn't keep up because every time I had problems with school calling, kids are sick um, this opportunity gave me time first to gain my confidence be part of the society and then work when I can work like the hours that I can work I would say yes when I can't I just decline the work so what is the best thing about spending time here having fun <laughs> we're not having like just uh, yeah when we gather as volunteers we talk about everything it's uh, we are as a part of family all this when you see at uh, the pantry the layout everything is volunteer suggestion so it's not just them suggesting things but us we used to have like a monthly volunteer team where we talk about what we feel about what do we think about good okay and do you think that you'll keep on coming for a long time keep on spending time here i love it like sometimes uh, if I even if I'm not well I will like always do something Karen uh, Amel couldn't really be any more positive but do you remember the first time Amel came and what she was like then yeah I think she was definitely more shy then and it's just been amazing to watch her blossom do you mind me talking about you the third person I feel like it's been amazing to watch Mel Blossom because she's got a lot on in her own life a lot of responsibility a lot of things that could burden someone to not do things but actually she's incredibly positive and can do she's also very very skilled and an amazing cook we've loved tasting her food Mm. but really she's done every single job that there is here and then as she said she's taken the opportunity of going on a hospitality training course she's now working for us on events and I know that Robin who's my co-founder who who you'll meet in the kitchen just knows that Amel is one of those people who's a safe pair of hands if she's there she can be front of house back of house she can just do the job and that's amazing what what is your favorite thing to do Amel if you had a choice what would be the job you'd pick cooking always cooking yes yeah is there an Algerian dish or just a dish you've, you've learnt here that even even someone like me could do? Because um, I'm not really... I, actu- I actually did um, 
a demo, Algerian food demo, and I tr I tried to choose something very easy for even uh, even me. Do. Just say yes, it. Right. even yeah. you can do it. I did three course meal like a shorba freak with uh, burek, Algerian burek. What's, How what's to that? Wrap. It's like a, a spring rolls, but okay. it's usually made with tuna or uh, minced meat. Right. Gathered with potato, and then I taught I taught them how to do it, how to wrap it, how to cook it, and um, a dessert as well. I made uh, a cup a mug used from home. How to do like just easy recipe, and have a nice dessert for uh, for tea. Okay, that sounds very very tasty. I'm almost sure I could do it. Can't completely certain. And honestly, I can tell just how much this place means to you. Yeah. It's been very important, hasn't it? It does, yeah. It is like, a, as I said, it's like a family. If I don't come, I have to do something. But Amel, Amel is a brilliant example. Yeah. Are, are there people who come for a while and then move on because their life changes? Yeah. Perhaps so, because you've changed their life. Yes, and I think we almost have a an informal contract of six months with our volunteers so and then we'll have that touch point with them and say okay well obviously you can carry on if you want to or would you like to progress to this would you like us to help you find some work a lot of people have stayed and maybe just do it once a month now and some people just like to come every week now soup is really significant here I, I'm actually a bit of a I do love making soup myself do you? Uh, my oh, kids good. don't always appreciate my efforts no. but I did there's something there's something very lovely about being in your own kitchen, if you're lucky enough to have one with all the bits of space you need and the equipment, and just conjuring something tasty out of ingredients that don't always look too promising. 100% agree. Mm. At Cook for Good, we are completely obsessed by soup. It's been a growing obsession. <laughs> so, um, But I agree. I think there's something so comforting about mm. a bowl of soup, a mug of soup. It's such a great way to show you care about somebody. And at the beginning, we would make soup with leftover vegetables that even you know our yeah. shoppers rejected yeah. and then we, we they would resurface the following week and we'd um, give to the volunteers or we would come up with different recipes and now it's become an integral part of what we do here so people come in and they have their tea and coffee mm. and then at about 10 30 we then serve the soups of the week now those soups might have been made by a a team of uh, our corporate team building yeah but also we have soup that our community cooks make and they will uh, like a Mel will and, and others will make soup in the kitchen and then go to local businesses and they'll do a service over lunchtime so we're constantly inverting who's cooking the soup for who okay that's and lovely. planning a book of soups and stories that's going to come next year well, sounds like a good money-making idea that. we think so yeah I'm sure it will well, I'll make sure I, make sure I buy a copy and the soup, is that the soup today is that is actually last week's soup but you're going to taste this week's soup we always have a choice because we think the theme of choice so we're doing an aromatic lentil and one of our pantry favorites cauliflower cheese soup i'm glad it's not borscht because my former mother-in-law made me that after i gave birth once and it was the re repercussions were deeply unpleasant <laughs> no, you um, uh, so, no, uh, no, no no yeah. i mean she meant well she's croatian i should say um right uh happy memories okay <laughs> Right, Karen, here we are. So Cook for Good, your community pantry. And the first thing I see on my left is is your store cupboard. You've got lots of yes. lots of tins and packets in there. So today's Wednesday, so it's our setup day. And tomorrow we open to our members. 
but today we've had a couple of, well, we've had the first of our two deliveries, so we're setting up, stacking the shelves ready for tomorrow. Yeah. And this is the area where Pauline's sitting here. This is the Hi, reception area. So where members will come in, they'll give us their membership card. They'll pay their £3.50, which is what they pay to use the pantry on a Thursday. Yeah. And for £3.50, you get... So for £3.50, um, you can see on the wall how it works. So you can choose 10 different items, and that's different every week because we don't know what we're going to get on a Wednesday. Oh, of course, So yeah. we, we will decide on Wednesday night how we price the items. So if we have lots of bananas, you might get 10 bananas, and that can be one choice. Yeah. If we have loads of cauliflowers, you might get two cauliflowers for a choice. Yeah. A bag of pasta might be one choice. Uh, there are high-value items that we don't get often, like oil, that will will be one choice. And then there are also items that we, for sanitary products, we don't count as a choice. You can take those once a month. So you've got um, you've got baby milk. Yeah. And what else have you got over there? You've got sanitary towels. So nappies, nappies, baby milk, sanitary yeah. towels. Okay. Um, and do, I mean, I'll ask you the question, do some people take the go too far uh, no because no. we're and because also the way so they're respectful they respect it yeah. sometimes you can choose it slightly wrongly but what happens is after you've done your shop you pay your £3.50 you get a black basket like this yeah. you go round and we have volunteers at every stage of the process who are all residents on our estate at the end you come here and you get it bagged up by volunteer who will help you count so if you've gone over or under yeah. or then sometimes they'll say sometimes some of our older members will say oh, I don't need 10 items give it to somebody else and oh, um, okay. yeah. so if they live on their own they, they may just not need much and just out of interest cooking oil I must admit or vegetable oil I'd never you know occasionally I will I, not every time but I, I do give to the food bank at my supermarket mm. should I actually focus on giving oil because I've never done that before well that's that's the sort of thing that doesn't go off so it's very rarely in the surplus oh. food chain so right, okay. anything that doesn't go off quickly you should is very high value if you item if yeah. you can yeah yeah because you, you clearly would like more oil yeah definitely all right and here is there are the, the tampons and the mm -hmm. sanitary towels and the baby milk mm -hmm. I mean baby milk is incredibly expensive yeah yeah. I've never quite understood why no. it is so expensive, but it is really expensive. Yeah, it's a high value item. Dog food is another one. Dog food we hardly ever get, but that if you you know in terms of cost of living and people who've got dogs, yeah. you know I just know what I spend on my dog every month. Yeah, it's a lot of money. No, they they are expensive, mm. but but good to have one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very uh, good. Says the woman who's only got a cat. <laughs> anyway, um, and I say only, and I mean only. I think one of the things that we do so brilliantly is give people an incredibly warm welcome. And that, remember like back in the day, somebody would help you with your shopping. We do that. We help our older, yeah. our older members, but also... There's no self-checkout here. No self-checkout no. here. You, you know, somebody will be sitting at the end of your shop, counting your items, chatting to you. But there's a chance to interact with people at every single point. It's also just worth saying, actually, this is literally a warm place. Mm. It is warm in here. It's blooming freezing out there freezing today. Out there. I know you've also put a scented candle on for me, which I'm very grateful for. I thought it was for me, but you've just you've given me the official explanation. It masks the smell of bananas that are slightly on the turn. Right. Thanks very much. <laughs> okay. And it's for you, Jane. And it was for me. Yeah, you got there in the end. Okay. Thank you. Obviously, people are going to be thinking, well, this all sounds fabulous, but how do you 
pay for everything else. Um, the fact that you've got the heating on, for example, and it's so cosy. Yes. So um, the food is donated by Felix Project and um, Food Bank Aid, who both give to different food banks and food pantries. But the kind of model is sustained by the work that we do over the kitchen. I suppose that's where we're social enterprise, not just a charity, where we can earn our own revenue, where we do corporate team building events. So instead of maybe, you know, taking your team on a Beano to, to Paris and sipping champagne, we've got corporate teams that come in and have a kind of MasterChef style experience. They'll cook 200 meals for a local food bank or charity. And the revenue that we get from that, we then use to do community cooking classes, cooking on a budget, cooking for diabetes, our older men's grub club, where we have a whole group of... Yes, I like the idea. The older oh, men's grub so club. Is, lovely. Is this a way of making making men interact with each other and making them talk without letting them know quite what's going on. And cook. And, and cook, yeah. <laughs> I think what we noticed was that even though men and women were shopping here on a Thursday, the men tended to shop and go and they didn't stay. And so what we wanted to do was something that was almost just for, just for men who maybe were living on their own or needing to cook for the first time, who maybe um, didn't want to sort of stay and sit and have coffee with everybody. So the average age is probably about 80. They come, they've selected the menus, they come to our kitchen, they work with a professional chef, they'll cook, like the one I went to last time, they did burgers, wedges and a really nice coleslaw. Then they sit around and eat it together with us and the chef. They chat, they've really made friends with each other and then they take a Tupperware home so they've got another meal for the week as well. What we've noticed is that the men who've been on the Grub Club are now coming and shopping in the pantry and they're staying and they come to our community meals that we host over in the hall on the other side of the estate. So it's been a way of men feeling that connection that I think they didn't naturally have at the beginning. When you talk about it, you're, honestly, your face lights up. There's an, it? En- there's a, well, no, it really doesn't. There's an energy about you. Mm. I mean, do you, you really can tell, I think, that this has made a difference. Mm. Like, I wouldn't miss a Thursday coming to the pantry, even though lots of my job is going and doing other development and running the organisation. You can see the journey that people are going on here and people maybe starting, like one of our volunteers who really hadn't been out for 10 years since a, a bereavement that she'd had. She started, she's, she's probably in her 80s. She started volunteering. There's a limited amount that she can do, but it's become like a family for her. She gets a warm welcome. She enjoys, she, she's like a different person. And I think we've seen that time and again. And for me, the joy of this place is to watch the proper impact that it, that's had on people that you can touch and feel, and that's something way beyond the kind of numbers that you report on. And the funding you receive from the National Lottery, how significant has that been for you? It sort of got us on the map, really, because we're really lucky that when we set up, and it was we were just an idea, we knew that the most important thing was that we had to do really meaningful outreach with the community. And so the funding that we got from the National Lottery enabled us to employ Martha, who's our community coordinator. And she's an absolute linchpin of all the work that we're doing here. And I think that got us on the map. And you've just received, I think, another another load of, of National Lottery funding. We have. We've just absolutely thrilled last week that we heard that we'd got a grant for this year. And it's been an incredibly tough year for all food projects. So it makes an enormous difference to us. In, the, in what's going to be a tough winter. Yeah. 
Martha, you're, you're the... Well, you just better explain what your official title here is. OK, so I'm the community coordinator here at Cook for Good. So for me, my key role here is to engage with the community, sort of try to really identify help in areas that we can help them, introduce them to this amazing pantry. So they'll initially come to me, we'll get them registered, you know, try to get a little bit of background to what their story is, and get them registered where they'll be able to, once they're registered, get a lovely membership card, then explain the process of the pantry they'll be able to come and for £3.50 they can take up to 24 sometimes even £30 worth of shopping yeah do you mind if I just ask you a few more questions about about the economics of it if you like Um, you say you you become you apply how how do you qualify so for us here at Cook for Good it's very much about bringing the community together we're helping people with food but we're helping people out of isolation as well Mm -hmm. so for us the processes are criteria first and foremost is that they have to live on the primary green estate so obviously they live on the primary grass we are not means tested but for me I do go through certain questions where I really identify where they are at this moment and just to give you an example it could be somebody that has just suddenly out of the blue they've lost their job they've got a family which could happen to so many of us absolutely absolutely you know and it could be that or even if it's just could be that you know the hours have been cut back they've really you know struggling now to pay utilities to pay their rents so for me it's about really getting a good grip of what their background is where they are now and putting a plan together with them how we can help them in order to move forward so this is the it's like a one-stop shop for absolutely. many many needs actually absolutely you know when people do hit that time where they you know they become vulnerable they're in a place where they haven't been before it's a very lonely place to be in even if you do have people around you sometimes you're too scared to even say what is going on with your life and I think what they have found here our members have found here is not only dignity because when they come they they shop they they go to their local shop you know and buy what they need they have the choice what they have here is trust so they're able to actually talk to me they're able to talk to somebody and just even they could go come in you know feeling a little bit down leaving with a smile come in not knowing what to do leaving with a direction where they're able to go and get some help and support you know coming back to us and saying wow thanks for that that really has helped we I've lived on this estate I have been through many challenges in my own life and you know many of our volunteers have as well so they're really able to engage with us and that you know it's okay not to be okay and that's a message that we give here we are one and we all go through our ups and downs and it's okay it's actually okay for that to happen yeah. I mean the great thing that comes across is that there's no judgement but absolutely that there is a sense of community yes and somebody will have a smile on their face when you walk in always yeah always. so it's so important it really it really is and you know just to give you an example of one of our members you know that came she was very very nervous you know she's a very well qualified teacher she had a fantastic job you know standard of living were great for the first time in her life she really hit rock bottom due to ill health she was so nervous she was literally starving where she did not want to go into a food bank because for her to go into oh my god that that just wouldn't just wouldn't happen i remember her standing outside and she was so nervous coming and said look it's okay just come in just have a choice you know the minute that she saw that she was able to choose what she was given a shopping basket we asked her for a fee she was shown what to do we had a chat, she had a coffee, followed by soup. She just gave me a big hug and she just said, I just can't believe that you are here. And, I'm, and she says, I'm so blessed. And she's been coming ever since. She's on the road to, you know, to a better place herself at the moment. And we're helping her through that process. And that is yeah, it's amazing. Magic. 
Right. Hello. Okay. Hi. Hello. This is Hello. my co-founder, Robin. Hello, Robin. Hi. I'm Jane. Hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Lovely to meet you too. Hello. Can I ask if I'm just to wash hands before we yeah, start sure. in here? Do you so mind? No, Thank no, you. I'm very uh, tough on my hygiene here. We. No, it works. Very sensible. <laughs> Karen wants to give you the credit for setting up the kitchen. Is that Oh, yes, fair? and she should. And yeah. she should. OK. <laughs> well, she has, in all fairness. Uh, uh, she has things that keep her up in the night, and I have things that keep me up in the night. Uh, this uh, is yeah, welcome. A much bigger space than I was imagining it and it looks to me a re- properly high tech this no wonder you've got yes. corporate corporate courses yes. going on here. yes yes it is high tech we set it up so i hope we got the balance right everyone says that we do between a teaching kitchen that's warm and welcoming for our community and a, a, a production kitchen that's intimidating and scary for our corporate clients it is quite intimidating i'm glad because <laughs> it's all this metallic and uh, yes it, it's, there's lots of equipment yes some very sharp knives yes, i mean yes. you mean business in the yeah, nicest way we totally way. do i mean this yeah. is a proper kitchen we've had uh, professional uh, catering companies hiring this from us on occasion our partners only though we don't just sort of open the doors to anybody but no this is a fully fledged we could put a thousand meals out uh, a day here really but our yeah but our focus isn't to do that it's about the quality of bringing people together through food and cooking so it's about depth and and just really making people connect in that way and you can't do that when you're just sort of churning out meals now i know at the corporate the courses that you run for organizations and companies are very important and bring in money but just be honest i mean have you ever had someone in here who was so inept that you couldn't you could not believe (laughs) it multiple times okay yes we give them prizes to make them feel better at the end how how bad are they some of them oh my goodness i mean we had somebody who didn't know what a rolling pin was and there was no language barrier there was just (laughs) Um, was it a man? It actually wasn't, in what? fairness. No. Okay. I think she had a private chef at home. It was one of these very sort of important big corporates, organizations. And I, I do think she had a private chef, actually. That's probably what it was. But we had, uh, we did some instruction, I remember, on some chicken where we were going to put some parchment over, you know, like a cartouche. And the, uh, yes, there was I've a. Seen it done by yeah. my chef at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah but your chef, exactly. <laughs> oh. And the instruction we forgot to put, you know, scrunch it up in a ball, wet the paper a little bit, and then spread it out over the chicken because, you know, tuck it in and then cook it. So we obviously in error left out the spread it out bit and we had four identical trays of chicken with a rolled up piece of greaseproof paper oh, just God. sitting on the top of it like serving like what a tennis purpose? Ball. none okay. let's say we've got a, a course on the go here mm-hmm. and they do three three courses of a, a meal do yes, they yeah. what, give me an example of something that you you, you would do with, with that sort of group well, I mean, we rotate our theme so that the community that we're serving the food to gets different things every time yeah. because it's often the same people so that so there's a rotation. To so be clear, the food made here by these courses is then given over... The corporate courses, yes, and we're looking to some of our more advanced community teams now also maybe to do some production as part of that. But, yeah, at the outputs of the corporate events, obviously the, the um, food that they make for themselves but for others, which are in the multiples of what they're making for themselves and also all the profits, obviously, that they invest with us goes directly to supporting our community program. I shouted them a bit and then action yeah. starts to happen. I was going to ask, are you one of those temperamental Ask Karen. <laughs> uh, I do it with love. Let's put it that yeah, but way. you still do it, don't you? <laughs> yeah, when things are, when, when we've got a community to feed and people are faffing about, uh, they're going to get directed in the nicest possible way with love. Yeah, I'm just really glad I haven't been on the receiving end of that. And I, I mean I don't that ha- nicely. No, generally, mostly I do not have to do that. The corporate clients who come in here are so motivated. They're coming in here with as much heart to give as, you know, as we have. So actually, some of them have exceeded expectations. They've delivered far faster. There's no faffing about. I mean, I'm, I'm 
I'm sort of just telling you the funny bits, but yeah. um, people are incredibly task-oriented, and, and what they leave with is knowing that if they, as a team, focus on a common goal and just focus on doing it and leave all the other stuff behind, because kitchens are you know, very, you know, quick communications oh, yeah. in and out. Yeah. They can achieve greatness and they, they actually have an experience of that here, so. The National Lottery, uh, when, when people play it, I wonder whether they really make the connection between doing that and here yeah. and w what's going on and what's been made possible yeah. here. I mean, I think that um, this, this place, I think you've had this morning the experience you can touch and feel the good that it's doing and I think when you do buy your lottery ticket you don't necessarily think about that and I think it that the level of difference it makes at grassroots community can't really be underestimated. Now there's been a lot of talk about soup. Yeah we're obsessed. <laughs> so can I have some please? Oh, with the greatest of pleasure and you have a choice today. Do I? Okay what? Well she can have both. You have oh, well, yes, a choice. One then the other. <laughs> yes 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 we've got uh, lots of fabulous soup. So these soups are the soups that we produce with wow. our community brigade. Right. And then we take these out into our corporate client partners and have our brigade come with us. So they get back of house experience on production, but then they get front of house experience serving as well. These are also um, the soups that corporate clients will make to serve our pantry. Um, we do the double soup every Thursday, and there's often a lot of competition about that. So today we've got a beautiful, these are our favorites of the moment. There's always new ones, but this is a cauliflower cheese soup which is magnificent. Um, I didn't make it, so I can say okay. that. Right. And this is an um, aromatic lentil soup. And we've really kind of worked on trying to get the flavours right. And I've, I've laid out a little bit of garnish for you because I, know, it's amazing. I like people to choose their own. So we've got a bit of cheese and parsley and uh, onions, crispy onions to go with this and uh, more Asian and um, uh, flavours to go. Can I just uh, be confused one. matters and say, mm. could I have some of the aromatic lentil but mm. have some parsley with it? Oh, yes, you can do what you like. Oh, can I? Okay. It's like wine, you know, you don't have to match wine to food. Just drink what you like or gin tonic, whatever it is. Well, you. I don't know about you, but it's only half 11, so um, give, us a, give us a chance. <laughs> um, I'll yeah, have a sip. Thank cheese you very much. That is lovely. That is genuinely, absolutely delicious. It's my weekend done now. I've just spent the whole time making soup. <laughs> I do give my chef the weekend off, you see. Oh, yes. I think, yes, as any good employer should. <laughs> mm, that really is lovely. I'm just going to drink it now, if that's all right. <laughs> my manner's just completely abandoned. Yes, Robin, thank you very much. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Do you know what, Jane? I am so delighted to be surprised by everything that you found on your trip. Because like you, perhaps I imagined at the beginning that uh, this would be a project that didn't have quite so much life in it, actually. Not quite so much oomph. And, mm. and, and a very thoughtful way of approaching one of the toughest problems around, which is simply... You know, how do you feed yourself and your family yeah. in a cost of living crisis? Well, we all know um, things are incredibly expensive at the moment. It is perfectly possible, isn't it? I've done it myself lately, gone to the supermarket and for no obvious reason spent 80 or 90 quid. And I, I just find it astonishing. So some people really are struggling. And what was lovely about the Cook for Good hub in that old laundry on the estate was that it really was welcoming. It was warm. There was a sense of purpose about 
the atmosphere and about the the people who were bustling around there and you really did get the impression that people felt welcome and although some of the people I spoke to said they'd initially been hesitant about going they were really really glad that they had and it was a place on a freezing cold day where you could pop in see a friend do something useful maybe grab some soup uh, a cup of tea and maybe take some food away if you were in need but there was no there was no judgment around any of it and it was it was also I'm going to sound positively emotional here, but it was in its own way a tribute to what London is at its very best, uh, a place of sanctuary for people from all over the world um, who've not had the easiest time. And Britain has many, many faults, but it, it can be an extremely welcoming place. And I really did get that impression from the, the various different sorts of people who were using that place. I'm amazed Liverpool didn't get a mention there. No, it didn't. I have, I've not. It just happens to be that Karen Madison, MBE, is from Liverpool. And I, I met her in a... No, no you're good. I met no, her you're in my previous good. life. No, and you're she fine. Was, she was doing good stuff five, ten years ago. She just kept on doing it. Well, uh, you're doing good stuff too if you're listening to this. And you may well be part of the whole kind of infrastructure that supports this because if you play the National Lottery that's you. Over £30 million a week is raised for good courses just like Cook for Good and it is amazing sometimes to just peek behind that curtain and find out a little bit more about what the National Lottery actually does for people. Yeah, it it isn't all glitz and glamour. Uh, There's some proper stuff going on there. Thank you then to the National Lottery for making this episode of Off Air happen And remember, of course, every time you play the National Lottery, you help support amazing good causes all over the UK. We're bringing the shutters down on another episode of the internationally acclaimed podcast Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. Our Times Radio producer is Rosie Cutler and the podcast executive producer is Henry Tribe. But don't forget that you can get another two hours of us every Monday to Thursday afternoon here on Times Radio. We start at 3pm and you can listen for free on your smart speaker. Just shout Play Times Radio at it. Uh, You can also get us on DAB Radio in the car or on the Times Radio app whilst you're out and about being extremely busy. And you can follow all our tosh behind the mic and elsewhere on our Instagram account. Just go onto Insta and search for Jane and Fee and give us a follow. So in other words, we're everywhere, aren't we, Jane? Pretty much everywhere. Thank you for joining us. And we hope you can join us again on Off Air very soon. Mm-hmm.